I am so comfortable with being uncomfortable now. I, I, I find excitement from it. And that was something that scared me before, you know, and just, I was someone who planned everything. And I, now I'm like, it is what it is. As, as long as I'm learning and gaining new perspectives, which is what I wanted to do in the first place. I said that at the beginning of the episode, that is what I want to do. So any, th- any decision that I make now, whether it's about grad school or, or jobs or my life, I'm always like, am I going to gain a new perspective? Am I going to grow as a person? Am I going to get closer to the person I envision myself to be? I'm not doing this and this first job for my career. I'm doing this for myself because I want to know a better me. And I want to build the foundations to getting to that person I really want to be. You're listening to Passages, a podcast for young professionals. Passages are excerpts of novels and bridges from here to there. They're the parts we have to tell and the places we have to move through before we can get to the other side. I'm your host, Chloe, as I navigate my first nine to five and take on the world with crazy big dreams in my back pocket, I'm sitting down with the young and hungry to figure out how to make them happen right alongside you. Tune in each week for stories you can relate to, education you can act on, and empowerment you never saw coming. We're unlocking life and work from the ground up. Ready? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Passages. I am your host, Chloe. I'm so excited for today. Today's episode is one of my absolute favorites that I've ever hosted on the podcast, and it's going to be crystal clear as to why. I had the chance to sit down with my friend, Ama Apia, a recent graduate from the University of Connecticut and current MBA student at the George Washington University in Washington, DC. Ama and I met as fellow podcasters. She has her own show, The Bonnet Talks, which you need to check out, it's linked below, sharing tangible advice and relatable stories about life in your 20s. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) She is a firm believer in curiosity for curiosity's sake, which has led her to some awesome experiences with amazing teachable takeaways, and she talks about it all. I really, really wanna just get straight into this conversation, so here's what you gotta know about today's episode. We talk about Ama's experience leveraging a more technical degree and then transitioning into fashion merchandising and business and how gaining that holistic perspective really spanned both her personal and professional success. We get real, why did she decide to get her MBA? How do you find a graduate program that fits what you want? Why take the GRE? Everything having to do with getting your MBA. And lastly, Ama shares her wisdom on self-advocating, how to have healthy confrontation in the workplace, and her goals and aspirations for life and work, which, let's be honest, is all the empowerment you're ever gonna need. Ready? Here's my conversation with Ama. So I kind of had a really crazy college experience, kind of bopped around a bit, but when I went to the University of Connecticut, uh, so I'm from Connecticut, went to University of Connecticut, stayed in state, and I graduated about a year ago, so woo, class of 19, (laughs) 2019, Um, and I was a double major in molecular and cell biology and communication. I was a pre-med major. Um, newsflash, little hint, I am not a pre-med student anymore, <laughs> did not do all that. Um, I actually decided after all of that hard work, decided not to go to med school. And I actually worked for a year um, at the TJX companies in uh, Massachusetts. That's the parent company of HomeGoods, um, TJ Maxx and Marshall. So yes, I did get a discount and yes, I loved it so much. I am distraught about the fact that I can't use it anymore, guys. Um, And right now I am in MBA school. So I'm getting my global MBA at the George Washington University in Washington, DC. So yeah, that's like a quick background on what I've been up to these past few years. Um, In college, I was someone who was always so involved. I was the student body president at my university. um, And I was the first African-American female student body president at my university. Big deal because, (laughs) yes, snaps, big deal because, you know, 24,000 students I was representing. And this was the first time in history. And it was such a blessing to have the opportunity. And I learned so much about, you know, things in regards to young professionalism, like your show, everything that you talk about in terms of strategy and really setting yourself up for success. I learned a lot of that in my role and I 
uh, had held, you know, previous leadership positions before and I gained a lot of my confidence and my, you know, understanding in, um, you know, young professionalism, you know, being confident in all of that stuff. I learned it all really in those uh, leadership roles and um, I really attribute my college experience to that as well. So, uh, yeah, so that is what I think of when I, you know, am in MBA school right now. That's what I reference back to when I'm talking about all the different experiences that I've had in terms of leadership and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> Girl, freaking boss, literally <laughs> boss. I am so inspired by you, and I really, <laughs> I want to ask what was running through your head, like the process of and emotions behind doing a very technical major. Yeah. And then pivoting and having, I mean, you're like a blogger, like you have your podcast, <laughs> you have such a personal brand and now you're getting your MBA. Like, I feel like you have a breadth of experience. Yes. Yes. I would love to know like, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I know. Okay. Happening? I get that a lot. Uh, it's just like, why would you put yourself through all of that? But um, for me, I've always been someone who is just so, in, I give my of, of myself 100%. I love so many different things and I'm involved in so many different um, activities and roles. And to me, the biggest part of doing all of these things is really getting that holistic perspective. Um, it's so important to me, no matter whether we're talking about culturally or socially or, you know, in terms of business, I just think having a breadth of experience and perspectives is so beneficial no matter what you do. Um, and so for someone who was about to go to med school and then decided to work in fashion merchandising in business, you know, it, it's a very hard transition. I'm not going to sit here and act like it was the easiest thing ever, but going into it, my thought process was you're going to do what you love to do in the sense that you love to grow and learn and gain new perspectives to shape your own. And so as much as this is scary right now, this is what you need to do in order to get to the next step. Um, and so that's really how I, I viewed it. Um, and so it was very hard. There were days where I was crying, like days where I was like, I need to go forget the discount. I need to just <laughs> pack up and go home. But you know, at the end of the day, if you, you know, at least for me, what kept me going was knowing that I was really shaping my perspective and growing as a person. And at the end of the day, if I'm growing as a person, I can help people the way I want to, right? Because now I can up, maybe understand them better and understand their experiences. And so that's kind of how I looked at it. It's, that's a very general thing, right? It's like, well, that's a lot that, to unpack there. But um, I think when you narrow it down to just that, you'll realize like why you're doing things like this in the first place and it keeps you going. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually really relate to you in the, in, you know, a parallel way. I studied, um, software engineering and design in school oh, wow. and then, but the entire time I actually was very aware of the fact that like, this wasn't what I wanted to go do, mm -hmm. but I was like to have that, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but like, you know, well-rounded or holistic or whatever word right. you use, but like being able to literally understand how other people think is like such a strength mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. such a tool that you can pull out because now like being in a tech company, I mean, I'm in PR, like I do not need to know computing yeah. to do my job, but, but being <laughs> a tech company, like I'm not afraid to go study technology, right? It like opens all right. the doors. Right. And, and you know what, what's interesting, I found that a lot of businesses really actually prefer, or just, you know, companies in general, whatever, really prefer having that holistic background because of the adaptability, because they see you as someone who's flexible. So when you say that, you know, you studied software engineering and now you're in PR, you know, they need someone to understand the technology in order to communicate that to the rest of the world, because the rest of the world doesn't really get what's going on back there in, the, in that back corner. <laughs> like no one really, you know, no one's going to understand that fully unless you really study it and you delve into that. And that's the same thing when it came to, you know, molecular and cell biology, it's very hard to really unpack and digest even the vocabulary that's used to describe some of these things. But my job, especially as someone who's a double major in communication and now is going into business, in my mind, my asset is, okay, well, because I understand the science or for you, because you understand the technology and I have the skills to communicate that to people, now I can communicate this product as, and convince people as to why they need it in their lives or why they need this technology or you know, why this technology can really impact and shape culture, right? 
and we need people who can convey that and translate that because at the end of the day, especially from experiences that I've had in STEM, you know, the culture in STEM is, seems to, I, I hate to say it, but generally it's very cold. It's very, it's hard to communicate. It's because why? Because already the language is just difficult and who wants to get into that? No one really has the time to. And so your job, Chloe, is very important in the sense that, you know, you understand the technology and then you understand how to communicate that to people. And that is powerful. <laughs> I think understanding the technology is also a fluid phrase, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I also, listen, again, I studied this molecular and cell biology for four years. I can't tell you anything about it now. Maybe, maybe I can skip through and pick something up and I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember the mitochondria, but right. as far as... <laughs> you get the jokes about the technology, right? Yes. Yeah. Memes make sense. Yes. Yes. No, I love that. I mean, I love that we have in common. And I feel like there's people say that too. It's like it actually is harder to explain something in simple terms. Yes. Or there's some sort of phrase like that. So to have that yeah. in your back pocket, I feel like is a really good skill set. I love mm-hmm. that we have that in common. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I gotta ask, just because I feel like you and I are, we have had a prep call. So for those listening, we are soul sisters. This is like a long, percent <laughs> long form friendship. We have so much in common and we started our podcasts. I mean, probably not like the exact same time frame, but I feel like we are just on similar paths and yeah. I gotta ask, why'd you start the podcast? How'd you start the podcast? Tell me about like this side hustle and then we'll yeah. dig into other things. <laughs> of course, of course. So my podcast is The Bonnet Talks um, and basically the show in itself was initially, it's funny how much it's evolved by now, but initially the show was supposed to be kind of like a self diary. Um, just kind of talking about the experiences that I've had in postgrad because it wasn't easy. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I transitioned from STEM into business, fashion merchandising in particular, and that in itself was already a big learning curve. But then you throw up, throw on top of that, the learning curve of your life, trying to transition. It's a lot. And I didn't find that a lot of people really talked about these things. You know, there are podcasts out there that do. Um, but personally, what resonates with me is just hearing from people themselves, like, having conversations about these things on like serious topics sometimes, you know, but having it in a casual conversation because sometimes that's what we do with my, that's what I do with my friends. Like we talk about everything and I never really found any medium in any, you know, whether whether it was YouTube or podcast or whatever that really resonated with me in that way. And um, I had, had started so many side hustles. I have my YouTube channel and, you know, coronavirus kit and you know you I moved home from Boston and um I wasn't myself I was at the point where I was like okay um I am not really enjoying my job that much because I'm not uh, like really loving the transition it's a lot for me I'm home (laughs) with my family again which was great but it throws a lot at you at once right and I wasn't I was felt so insecure and felt very like not myself and I really wanted to I didn't want anyone else to feel that way. I wanted everyone to, you know, hear these experiences and hear them from me, especially because I feel like because when I was president, I felt like people, you know, look at me as, oh, wow, that's Amma. She does amazing and all this stuff. And it's like, no, I actually go through a lot. (laughs) And um, the essence of my being literally is me just sitting in a face mask in my pajamas and a bonnet. And at that point in my life, I was like, I don't want to go anywhere. I just, I want to do my stuff. Like, I don't want to like dress up, do anything. And that's so unlike me, right? It really is unlike me to not be excited and like prepare myself and go out and do things. But it's also me to also just be at home in my corner and like in my bonnet. (laughs) So I was like, um, at that point, I was like, how can I, you know, show this side of me, right? And, And convey these conversations that I have with my friends that, you know, are range from like hilarious stories to weird stories to like, you know, serious topics um, while also feeling like I could just be myself. And that's why I started the Bonnet Talks. And it was supposed to be a solo, a solo podcast. But as time evolved, I realized how much I loved, thoroughly enjoyed, you know, sharing people's stories and just hearing what they have to say, right? I have these conversations with my friends. Why should I be the one to tell them? I want them to come on and share the story because 
sometimes they don't even have the platform to share it. And sometimes they just need to talk these things out, right? Who wants, I don't want to just go through all the dating app nonsense by myself. Like I want to talk about it with my friends and be like, girl, what is going on on Hinge? You know, I, I want to have those conversations. Um, and I think it's so important to share those perspectives. And I, I just didn't want it to be me. I wanted to really give people the opportunity to do that. And it's evolved to that. And so every week I have a different guest, one of my friends come on or an influencer or people who are just doing the best that they can in their twenties, just talk about whatever they need to, just things that we, you know, us as 20 something year olds uh, discuss. And now I'm actually also would love, and I'm starting this, I started season two. I'm also including episodes of including people who are, um, you know, in their late 20s to come back and just talk about what they wish they knew and talk about what they know now and um, the, the problems or situations that they are going through right now. Because, you know, a lot of us, when we talk about 20 somethings, we're talking, we think about 21, 22, 23, but it spans a whole 10 years. Come on, 10 years. <laughs> a lot can happen in 10 years. Um, and I think one of the, the biggest fears that we have with being in our 20s is like, what's next? What does the future look like? I don't, I feel like I'm the only one going through this on my own. I don't know what's going on in the future. Like, how do I get there? I don't know how to do that. So to have someone who is pretty much there about to hit 30 to come back and tell me, you're going to be fine. Like it's, it's going to be fine. You might not find your husband right away. You might, if you don't, don't, that's okay too. You might have gone to grad school. You might've not, you might've gotten the job, whatever, you know, I think it provides that sense of comfort and it motivates people to be their best selves and to remember why they're doing the thing that they're doing. And to remember that everything that we're doing in our twenties is um, a building block for the future. And we could be, it's okay. Like just take your time. And I, it's, it's just hard to notice that on your own. And so that's why I wanted to have this podcast out here to talk about those things, elevate the conversations, bring people on, say, this is what people are talking about and everything's going to be fine. That's it. Don't worry about it. So that's really why I started it. It's kind of weird how it kind of started out of a mini insecurity of mine and then developed into this whole other thing where now I feel so confident and feel so excited to share people's stories. And um, I just can't wait to see what else I get to do with it. It's really fun. Isn't that, that's just the magic of it. That is just the magic of it. Like this started out as me, like for you, you know, like this is, this is who I am at my most casual, at my most real. And I yeah. just want to bring other people on the journey. And I started passages out of heartbreak, out of like, I have, I know these five people that have answers to these five people that have questions. Mm -hmm. How do I connect the two? Like, I'm no expert. Yeah. None of us are experts. Like, <laughs> no, we no. can create a platform out of thin air to yeah. connect these people and connect these stories. And I also think it's crazy how much of a community there is on Instagram of these like, young 20 something podcasters like i know secret community that i had no idea mm -hmm. i mean that's that, that's how you and i connected like i yeah. just everybody shares everybody and empowers everybody and it's like the second you even start a podcast you have like 17 girls being like hyping you up being like love this episode great job commenting on your stuff it's amazing yep so amazing. I just saw a statistic today on Instagram saying that 22% of podcasts are hosted by women, which is so small, so small. And the 22%, 22%. I think it was uh, by Dear Media. They posted it on Instagram today. And it just boggled my mind because I, you know, when we're in these mini communities of women, we elevate each other, that we really lift each other up, and it doesn't feel that small. But in the grand scheme of things, it is. And that is why you and I and other people who are listening really need to take the plunge, like do what you need to do, just start it. Um, and, you know, help us to be represented because it's so needed right now. And this is why, again, that's why I started my podcast. It was an insecurity of mine. And I, um, it really has changed and evolved into really elevating people's voices. And, you know, in addition to my own, and I really hope we can continue to do that. Mm, I am obsessed. Go listen to my guest right now. She has like dope guests. <laughs> Just you are who I am inspiring to be. <laughs> Stop it. You're my soul sister. I want to aspire to be you. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's chat MBA.
I uh, have to pick your brain on this. Yeah. A lot of our listeners are in this phase of life, right? Like 18 mm-hmm. to 27, weighing the decision. Do I enter the workforce? Do I go to grad school? Do I need yes. an MBA? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I just want to pick your brain about yeah. how you made the decision that this is mm. what you're going to do. Okay. So let's go back. Let's teleport back in time to <laughs> like two years ago. So this is my, my senior year of college, summer before. And as I mentioned, I was planning on going to med school. I was pre-med student. I was ready to go. I was like, I've suffered enough. It's time to go fulfill my destiny. And then I was like, whoa, girl, this is not what you want. Like pause a second. And for once, I had the world in front of me because right when you are a medical student or, you know, you are pre-med, you pretty much have your life planned out for at least minimum 10 years. Quite literally. I wanted to be a dermatologist. I was pretty much after residency and completing all my, you know, studying, I probably would have been done at age 30 or 32. And all of a sudden I didn't have it anymore. And it was like, well, what do I do? What do I do? And it's scary as someone who's a planner. I was like, oh my God, my Virgo senses are like off the wall. I don't know what to do. I'm confused. And so I was like, you know what? I'm someone who, you know, have done, I've done business on the side a little bit in my own entrepreneurial endeavors. I, I consider myself as a leader. I'm very good at my job when it comes to leadership. And I, you know, wasn't sure if I wanted to go to grad school. Um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to work. And when I thought about, okay, if I wanted to work, where would I do it? I wasn't really sure about that either. Um, And I I do want to talk about this factor a little bit because I think a lot of people go through this. Um, My parents are from Africa. They're from Ghana. And they the culture there is like, you need to go to school. (laughs) You need to go to grad school, med school, whatever it is, you need to go. And for once, I was like, I actually kind of like the idea of not doing that and just taking a break. As someone who's on the go all the time, I was like, I I think I need some time to actually decide and think about what I want because I've had my life planned out for years and like, finally, it's not like that. So what what can I do? And so I'm someone who, again, like, I like flexibility. So what I did was my summer before senior year, I took the GRE. I said, I'm going to take it and I'm going to study in like two months and I'm going to take it and that's it. And I'm going to do well on this because I'm never taking this again. Um, I was like, I don't want to do it again. And in my mind, I said, well, the GREs lasts for five years, right? So if anything, if I decide not to go to grad school next year, I have to go within five years because I'm not taking this test again. I can't, I'm not doing it. (laughs) So I took the exam, did well on it. And I also applied to jobs. So I applied to jobs and I applied to grad school. And luckily I was very blessed and I had, um, you know, I had opportunities to go to grad school right out the gate. And um, I had had two two job opportunities because y'all, Applying for jobs is a damn mess. It's 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 hard. <laughs> it's very hard, especially with, even with someone with my kind of experience. It's very hard. Um, and so at that point, I was like, okay, so if I go to MBA school right now, if and I at that point I had I had actually had the option to go to MBA school or get my PhD in communication. So very different. Pro- yeah, I know, I know, very different. I again, I'm I'm very flexible. I like to have options. <laughs> wait, how did you go? Wait, wait. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Even like one step before that, like how did you decide these would be my options? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. No, because, okay. So I, again, so I was, so in terms of my PhD in communication, I was a communication major and I'm someone who loves communication like that. I, I highly identify with that major. And with communication, it's very hard to, I mean, you can get your master's in communication, but from the research that I did, you probably want to get your, your PhD depending because in terms of jobs and, and what you want to do, it, it, the job market is hard. So um, I had that opportunity. I said, okay, I'll, I'll just apply to that. And then the MBA, again, I, I was someone who loves leadership. And so my, in terms of education, I thought the MBA would actually get me to be a better leader and continue and invest in that. Um, in terms of finance and all that stuff, I don't really, really like all that. 
But I know it's important, right, in order to be a strong leader because you need to understand those things. So um, that's why I, I, to me, I was like, okay, if I was going to break down a grad program that I would like and really enjoy, it's going to fall into those two buckets or I'll work. Um, and then we'll see what we go, we do from there. Um, and so when I had all the opportunities, it was great. And I had so much pressure from my family to say like you, they were like, you need to go to school. That's your only option. Like you can't wait because everyone always says like, you, you, you don't want to, um, you don't want to wait too long. Cause they think you're not going to go back or whatever. And in my mind for me, I was like, I need to do this for myself. What am I feeling right now? I have spent four years going above and beyond giving myself to everybody. I think I owe it to myself to do this for me and figure out what I want to do. And my thought was, okay, well, without UConn, without college, what is my identity? Who is AMA? Right. So without all those, cause right when you graduate, those things are gone. Like you're not, not, not that it disappears, but like it's, it's part of your history, but that's not going to be, you're not Amma Pia who went to university of Connecticut. You're Amma Pia. Either she works or she's in grad school or whatever. Like it's a different identity. And for once I was like, wow, I don't really know what that means. I thought I did know what Amma Pia meant, but I don't think I do. And so I said, you know what? I, I wasn't sure about working. I, I had the option open, but I think I'm going to do it. And the only option, the only option I had was to work in fashion merchandising for TJX companies. And I was like, this is going to be so difficult for me. Like, how am I going to do this? Like, why am I doing this? Is this going to benefit me in my career? Like, I don't know. Why am I doing this? Am I, am I going to pigeonhole myself? I was so scared about pigeonholing myself in a career that maybe I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily like. And I was like, how do, how will I get out of that? And then I said to myself, I'm not doing this and this first job for my career. I'm doing this for myself because I want to know a better me. And I want to build the foundations to getting to that person I really want to be. I have an idea. I have a vision of what that looks like. And I think I owe it to myself to take this time to work and get there. And that's what I did. I, I took the leap and I worked in fashion merchandising. Was it hard? Hell yeah, it was hard. Did I meet incredible people? Of course. Did I learn so much about myself? Yeah. And I discovered so many new things that I love doing that have contributed to figuring out what I want to do with my career. If I had not taken the chance to, to take that year for myself and really truly understand what I wanted, and I, and I just went into grad school right away, it would have been a completely different story. I don't think I would have been happy. I wouldn't have known what I wanted at all. I wouldn't even have known what I, who I am. And so that's what I did. I, I worked at, at TJX. And then I, for the year, I was, the idea of grad school came up again, because again, pressures from my family, honestly, really and truly. And then I, at that point, I was like, you know, what? I actually do know myself a little bit. And I think that I want to get my education done and out of the way right now so I can have the freedom to do whatever I want, right? I'm not scared of having no plans or all that stuff. I just want to do it now so I can have the freedom and, and really discover myself more. And that is what I did. I applied to MBA programs again, and I ended up at the George Washington University. So um, I started last week and we'll see how it goes. I don't know. <laughs> we'll pray. <laughs> I think, but I, so far, so good. We'll see. <laughs> that was my long-winded way of, yeah, no, it's no. going to be fine. And that's I, how I love decided. how like real you are when you're like, yeah, do I want to do accounting? Like, no. <laughs> no, but you have like a really realistic and grounded and honestly like inspiring perspective about like why you're stretching yourself to learn these things like the like how we started the episode right like it's 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 filling a new comfort zone that you never had like you're just at the bottom of it right now and you got all the space to fill but but then by the end mm -hmm. being around mba students is going to be your comfort zone i mean right what an empowering thought right right and that that is what this phase of our lives is supposed to be you should not be scared like you should and if you are, then that's your chance to say, I need to jump over that hurdle and put myself in this uncomfortable position. I am so comfortable with being uncomfortable now. I, I, 
I find excitement from it. And that was something that scared me before, you know, and just, I was someone who planned everything. And I, now I'm like, it is what it is. As, as long as I'm learning and gaining new perspectives, which is what I wanted to do in the first place. I said that at the beginning of the episode, that is what I want to do. So any, any decision that I make now, whether it's about grad school or, or jobs or my life, I'm always like, am I going to gain a new perspective? Am I going to grow as a person? Am I going to get closer to the person I envision myself to be? If it, the answer is yes, okay, do it. Yeah. That's that. <laughs> oh my God, I have a thousand questions. Okay, wait. <laughs> Can you tell us more about the person you aspire to be and how all of the things that you're doing are helping build her in the back of your mind? Yeah. So I'm someone who <laughs> I, oh my gosh, I, as much as people, okay, so I should say this people have a certain perception of you, right? And sometimes I find it very difficult to align the two, like of what people think I am and what I actually feel I am. And people see me as this very confident, very excited all the time, like aspirational person, high achieving. I think that, yeah, now, but in terms of even last year after I graduated, I was not there. I was at the point where I was like, I don't feel confident. I feel very insecure. I don't know what I'm doing. And even talking to people, as much as it seems like I can, I can navigate the space very well at the time. I was like, I can sound like I'm so confident and so well-spoken and all this stuff, but I don't feel like that person. And to me, I was like, how can I feel like that person? How, so how can I resurrect the two? Um, and I think that lack of confidence only came from not knowing really who I was, right? In college, because I was so focused on leadership and really getting to the next step of, okay, I need to get into medical school. I need to get these grades. I need to be involved in this. I really forgot about the things I love to do and like what makes me me. I'm someone who, and, and it's funny because when I talked about this in my podcast time and time again, I got this comment a lot where people would be surprised that I do these things. And it was because like, they never saw me in college doing X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, I'm a dancer. I sing, I play guitar. I love calligraphy. I am so creative. I, I do so many things and I was neglecting myself. And that really, when you're not doing the things that you love, you're not reinforcing that you're good at these things, right? So you're kind of like weirdly navigating the space. You're like trying to do everything, but then you're not really feeling confident in it. And you're not really giving yourself the opportunity or the room to really delve in the things that really make you, you and re-energize you. And at the end of my, my four years, I was like, I'm tired. I don't have the cover of college to distract me anymore, to shield me anymore. Now it's me. I'm like, I'm out in the open. Like, what do I do? what are the things that I love to do and what makes me, me. And, um, slowly after graduation, I started delving into those things again. And one thing led to another, another, and I discovered new things I love to do. Like, for example, I study Korean. I've been studying Korean for the past year. It seemed people would be like, that's really random, but it started because I started doing dance again. And I, you know, was learning a K-pop song because I really liked it. I thought it was catchy. And then I, like learned, I, um, I researched the artists a little bit more. I really liked their music led to me learning Korean. And I realized how much I love having uh, a language and like learning that. Um, I'm someone who comes from a bilingual household. You would think that's like clear as day. Like, okay, Ama, you should probably <laughs> study a language, but it wasn't until I kind of backtracked and did all this other stuff that I realized, oh, wow, I actually really enjoy this. I love other cultures. And I love learning about people and how I can better communicate with them so that I can better serve them. And those are the things that will help you in your career, right? That will help you to get, whether it's networking, whether it's the actual role that you're in, whether it's, you know, any of those things, that piece is important. And I wouldn't have really figured it out if I didn't really backtrack and stop and say, let me re-delve into my passions. Um, and it's same thing with my, the podcast too. Um, I'm, I love writing. I love talking and, and writing articles and creating things, videos, blogs. And it wasn't until I stopped and said, nope, you'd have time now. So now you, nothing's holding you back. You're going to delve into it. it. Wasn't until I did that, that I realized I, I could picture and visualize everything that I could do with these loves that I have. And it makes me 
more confident in my abilities. Now I'm like, oh, well, no, I am good at this. And I can say that. And I'll be like, yeah, I agree. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> I'm good at the, I have these skills. And I'm aware that there's these other skills I need to develop, but I'm going to work on it. And I still feel confident that I will work on it and get there. And that is a person I want to be. I want, I want to be that person who's confident in her abilities and can help others also tap into their potential and feel confident in their abilities as well, because that's how we all learn and grow from each other. All right. <laughs> that's <laughs> not too much. <laughs> Everybody hit pause, hit the little like backwards thing and go listen to all of that again. I need to literally transcribe everything you just said and like talk to my forehead. <laughs> I was like, wait, is that too much? I'm so crazy. <laughs> Okay. But that's how I feel. <laughs> yes. No. And I think, oh my God. Well, I think a thousand things. One thing I'll say, one reflection, I think something that stood out to me while you were talking is, um, so I've been doing this like fun little side hustle where I'm like coaching people, like a 23 year old life coach. <laughs> yes. And I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> For some reason people are trusting me and I'm kind of like pitching it as like, I'm, I haven't written the New York Times bestseller, but I've, I'm in chapter two to your chapter one. So like, let's chat. That's, um, I love that. I love it's that. A, something that keeps coming up is this idea of like, like a lot of people I'm talking to have these, you know, dreams, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or, mm -hmm. or. I really want to take this next step or, you know, it, maybe one day I'll do mm -hmm. this or I look to this person as like who I want to be. Mm -hmm. And in one of my recent sessions, I was asking somebody, I was like, okay, tell me like why you're scared. Like what's your biggest fear? Let's say that you mm -hmm. like actually go do the thing. Like what are you scared is going to happen next? And for her, she really wanted to be an educator, a speaker, like somebody who was like, hey, I know this thing and I really want to teach it to other people. And she said, she was like, my biggest fear is that like, somebody's going to literally call me out and say like, no, you don't actually know that. Like, you're wrong. Like everything that you're telling me, like, mm -hmm. no, like you're wrong. I don't trust you. I followed yep. your advice and it was wrong. Yep. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay. So like, you know, fear of not, fear of not being an expert. Like, what do you think makes an expert? <laughs> and we like got into this conversation about like the definition of being an expert. And I was like, I told her, <laughs> I was like, expert is this ambiguous, abstract idea. And anybody who has ever grown themselves into being a quote unquote expert on anything just knows one more thing than you know, mm -hmm. or they've studied an entire industry so much longer than you have, but it does not mean that you cannot learn that as well. And I told her, I was like, you know, here's your life coaching homework. I was like, start calling yourself the thing that you want to go do. So yep. start calling yourself a writer, start calling yourself an artist or a creative. You do not have to prove it to a single soul to like tell yourself that this is who you are. And I really admire that in you is like, I am going to, I am a leader. I am a creative. I am passionate. I am driven like that. In, and you don't have to prove that to a single person. And you are just like, heads down, here's what I'm going to do. And then other people will be like, oh my gosh, like you're such a leader. And you're like, oh, thank you. Like, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Thank you for noticing. No, you don't owe, you don't owe anybody an explanation. Like you don't, you need to just need to believe it in yourself. And that's, that's really what's important because when you believe it in yourself, then people will recognize that in you. And that's why people call you an expert because it's the perception it's really the perception. And if you, if you strongly believe that, yeah, you're a creative, yeah, you are passionate, then it'll come out and people will see that for you. So 100% mm -hmm. agree. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. So I want to talk about what well, on the, on the topic of, you know, empowerment, advocacy, everything like that. Can you share experiences where you've had to advocate for, for yourself as a woman of color? And what would you share with our listeners who are lacking that same confidence? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the experiences. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this could be a whole, you know, I know it's a whole podcast. <laughs> whole podcast episode. But what, what I will say is that, you know, a lot of people are now thinking about these experiences, right. And they want to know about them and it's just coming up now because of how, you know, current events and all these things playing out. This has been a whole thing in my life. This is nothing new. 
Um, and so I have a lifetime of, of experiences. And what I will say is that all of those experiences come down to a few things. You know, people saying that what I said didn't matter, right? It didn't matter what I said because it's not going to get you anywhere. No one really cares what you think, right? People invalidating um, what my thoughts. Oh, that thing, that's wrong. Like, don't, like, as you said before, um, as I think your client had said, she's so scared that someone's going to point that out and say, like, no, you're wrong. That's not right. I've had that my whole life. And all of these things, and this is coming from my peers as well as adults, right? Administrators in school. Imagine growing up and people telling you that. People telling you what they, what they think you should be. People telling you what they think you should look like, how you should act. It's so much to live up to. And in addition to you trying to figure yourself out and figure out who you are as, you know, just as a person. And so that is also why, you know, I had insecurities, right? Because in my mind, I was taught that what I thought, what I said didn't matter. Everything was wrong. That was how I was taught. But growing up, I pushed past that. And I said, you know what, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm going to pave the path for those behind me because they need it. And I could be the one to help them and help them get there. But what you don't realize is that, you know, when you try and you push, you push, you keep going, you keep going, you, you put your head down, right? You're not looking, you're just kind of going. And you get to the point where it's like, oh, wow. You reflect back and it's like, wow, all of these instances have impacted me. And that's where the insecurity comes from. That's what I felt this past year when I had, did not have that distraction anymore. And it was just me at the end of the day. And I had to confront those things. I was like, wow, I was so busy paving the path for other people and putting my head down and trying to get the work done and trying to prove myself because people were telling me I couldn't do it. I didn't even think about all these things that were being said to me and why, how they subconsciously like impacted me. Um, and so, yeah, those, I, that was like, that's basically my overall like life experience with that. I can't pinpoint certain, you know, experiences. Cause it's just like that, that's just my life. And I think people are just waking up and seeing that now. And they're like, well, like, what is that like for you? And I want to know. And it's like, it's in an everyday conversation. Think about the things that you say to your friends. Think about in the classroom, what teachers say to students, even when they're in third grade, as preschool, think about those conversations are had. Um, and you know, when you're, when you're entering the workplace, right. And you're having these insecurities, it, how do you convey those things, right? The workplace is a beast on its own. Corporate America is a whole other, whole other beast. How do you, have these conversations when you're the only black person in the room. Is anyone really going to understand how you feel? No. Are they, are they willing to listen? Maybe nowadays, maybe because they have to, but before it wasn't like that, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately. And so how do you navigate those spaces? I'm someone who I was lived in predominantly white spaces all my life. That's in my education, my town, all those things. So I could, that's why I could kind of push through, right? And help everyone else. But at some point it's like, you're out of stance. So like, girl, what am I gonna do? Like, what am I supposed to do? I, I don't know, but you figure it out and you do it. Um, and that's why I keep, I keep doing what I, um, I keep doing what I do because I know how important it is that I set the example and really pave the way for other people. Cause I know that I didn't have that at all. Like think about, I mean, even, support in general, right? I had immigrant parents who are just trying to make it on their own as well. And I have two brothers, one is a special needs child. And how do you, how do you have these conversations with them when they're worried about everything else? Those are the experiences that me and thousands of other people have that we can't really, how do you convey those things? And when you apply that to the workplace as a young professional, how, how do those conversations look like? You can't have those conversations. It, it's hard. Um, I wish you could, <laughs> and I've been trying to, but what I, I do say is, you know, to anyone listening and even to non-people of color, give people the room to share what I'm sharing with Chloe right now, because it, it, it means a lot. If they don't want to share it, then that's fine. But like, give people the room, encourage them, be empowering, be confident. And that applies to everybody. Like that's not like just black people. That's everyone. Um, you really don't know people's experiences. And that's why I think it's so important to 
continue to get diverse perspectives. And that's why it's a personal mission of mine to keep doing that with no matter what I do, because I find it so important in order to bridge the gap for other people to also succeed. I don't know if I really answered that your question. No, no, are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Alma, you're going on a tangent. (laughs) I mean, I just, I have to thank you. Like, I just, I really, I'm just, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I appreciate us being able to have the conversation. I mean, I'm, I definitely fall within that bucket that demographic of like, this has always been happening to friends of mine, to, to people in my community. And, and, um, I've never, I guess, intersected with an an opportunity to think about it in the way that I have recently, which is tragic. And, um, yeah, I just, I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you and it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. I think that's another thing. People, everything is so crazy right now and like on edge and I'm as a black woman I'm saying it's okay <laughs> okay like, I, I I personally you know I think people are, are trying their best some people aren't a lot of people aren't um but we won't talk about that you know people like you are really trying and I, I really appreciate that you are giving me people like me the platform to share that and just to help other people understand that perspective mm-hmm. as well so <laughs> Love you. Virtual hug. Love you. Virtual hug. Okay. I would love, and you kind of touched on this, but I feel like you would have really good advice or at least a story that would make people feel like heard and known and supported, but um, in the workplace. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The workplace. Being, Being a woman being a woman of color, I mean, there is a gazillion different things that we could, that we could talk through, but I feel like in a situation and virtual working throws a whole nother spin on everything, but in general, confrontation in the workplace or having to have just thoughtful conversations with people that you work with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you balance standing up for yourself, advocating for others, entering in that kind of uncomfortable but necessary space, mm-hmm. while also like maintaining respect for others, like seeing where people like could and could not come at you with the wrong intentions right. and having those conversations anyways? Yeah. One thing that I will say, and this is something I realized honestly, like halfway through my one year of postgrad, because um, you don't. You don't think about these things, right? When you're working, you're, you're more concerned about the team, the environment, trying to survive, just trying to make it through, not make mistakes, all that stuff. But I realized how important it was to really feel like my complete authentic self in the workplace because it does not show up in your work unless you yourself are feeling comfortable. And you need to be able to, if you are having issues with really having those conversations you need to be able to it's it's hard it's it's easier said than done but you need to speak up about it because the thing is at the end of the day you are the only you you have and people aren't going to understand unless you take the opportunity to sit down and say hey this is what i need from you this is what i need from you if you want to support me if you want to see amazing work come out of me then this is how you need to support me and you can't, you can't expect people to support you in the right way unless you pinpoint them and tell them. People are dumb. Let me tell you, people just, people don't know. And I think a lot of the times, a lot of the, I joke, but a lot of the times we expect people to read our minds or read body language or no, you need to be clear about what your goals are, what you need to um, survive in the workplace, how you're feeling. It's not easy to share those, to share that sentiment at all. Like it wasn't easy for me, I'm someone who does not like asking for help. I like collaboration. It doesn't necessarily mean I like asking for help because I feel that it's like a sign of weakness or not understanding or like being out of the loop. So I never did that. It wasn't until I realized, okay, this is my problem. Took the time and analyzed that. This is my problem. This is what I need to get there. These are the people who can get me there. I need to reach out to them. And it needs to be now. It can't be tomorrow. Can't be. It has to be now. And it wasn't until I did that that it wasn't until I did that, that the people who could help me could help me, right? My manager, my teammates, it wasn't until I had those conversations. It wasn't until then that they could see where my head was at and they say, oh, 
that is how you work. That is how your brain functions. Okay, what can we do to help you get there and perform better? How, what, what can we do to help you be motivated and want to stay here because we want you here? And if you don't want, you don't want to be here right now, what, what's, the, what's the problem? What, can we talk it out? And um, that's self-advocacy. Without self-advocacy, you, can't, you can't, can't get the support you need. And it's not going to help you to become the person that you really want to be because you're just kind of like going around it, going about it on your own. And no one wants to go about this stuff on, your, on their own. No one. You can pretend like you do. <laughs> but let me tell you something. When you have the support and you have that one person there, it makes a world of a difference. World of a difference. And so, you know, making sure that you are keeping inventory with yourself as well will help you be a better self-advocate for yourself. Because it wasn't until I had to sit down and be like, okay, what's the problem? And kind of say what I said to you before. It wasn't until I analyzed and actually took inventory on myself and like addressed the issues within myself wasn't until then that I could convey that to other people, you know? Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So once, once I had that all figured out and I knew how I could have people support me and handle me, basically <laughs> work with me, that's, that's when the best version of myself at work really came out. And that's when I also felt more comfortable in having conversations in the workplace about these things. Even though, even with things like Black Lives Matter, where I really was literally, Chloe, the only black person in the, the division, quite literally the only person I still felt comfortable in having those conversations because I knew that, okay, this is how they know. They know how my, my brain functions. They know that this is what I need to be supported. And if I don't say this, there is no way I can be my best self at work. There's no way that mentally I can feel at peace and that's not good for anybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I would say for sure. Mm-hmm. Take inventory on yourself and self-advocate speak up. Wow. Yes. And thank you for sharing such a tactical exercise, because I feel like that really can apply in so many different dimensions as well. It's like self-advocacy sounds really great, but like, how do you actually do that? Like, what, how, what do you actually think through to come up with, this is what I need, like fill in the blank here. I feel like that's really, really helpful. Okay. So last major question (laughs) before we go into lightning round, which is my favorite part of every episode, but um, just to end on on kind of honestly, like tying everything back together, I feel like this is related to what we talked about at the beginning, but you're clearly such a curious person. And I really admire, like, I just admire like how much you have already shared with me in this hour of like, oh, I'm interested in this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to learn this without really an agenda other than the fact that you like these things and you're curious about these things. Mm-hmm. How are you maybe during coronavirus, during work from home, being in a new state of the world, how have you found easy, fun, creative ways to keep growing, keep learning every single day? Honestly, Chloe, the internet. <laughs> the internet is a beautiful land. <laughs> I love Reddit, <laughs> Google. <laughs> no, but um, I'm someone who quite literally, something will pop into my head or I'll have an interest in something. I literally look it up. I'm like, okay, how can I do this? Like I, and I'm someone who writes down everything. I, when I write it down and I can see like a common thread amongst all the things I'm interested in, then I'm even more motivated to do it because I'm like, okay, I can convey this as a skill. And this is something that I think will be beneficial, not only to my happiness and mental health and whatever, but it'll be beneficial in a career or, you know, education or whatever. Um, And so I literally like will write these things down or do a search and like delve into it and just try trial and error. That's it. If it doesn't work out and you don't, you're not feeling it. Bye. Try something else. New strategy. That's always how I am. Um, and I also really, again, I really spend time to talk to the people around me and surround myself with incredible people. I'm very, very specific about who I surround myself with and who I'm spending my time with talking to every single day. The people that I surround myself with are people who give me new ideas every day just from them being them, from them you know, reinforcing me, from telling me, I'm a mm, girl, that's not it. Don't do it. Or, you know, like people who are really in it for me and want to see me succeed. 
um, and people who are also driven and ready to go. And I'm inspired by them. And I'm like, oh, wow, I can do that too. And I can do whatever my mind, I set my mind to. Um, that's where my curiosity really comes from. And that's where, in, especially in quarantine time with all this stuff going on, that is where I get my most inspiration from, just making sure that I'm surrounding myself with good people and the internet, those two things. Great, fabulous. <laughs> I love that. I really, really love that. Okay, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Um, I am just on fire. I feel like we have talked through so much and we've like gone in so many different directions and I'm literally obsessed with everything about you. I was like, as you were talking, I was thinking like, okay, if I ever organize a conference, like I'm just going to be our keynote speaker. Like I just, <laughs> like, oh my God, <laughs> all day, the tangent Ted talk. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, let's do a quick and short lightning round. Don't think, just say that's my number one rule. Three oh my questions. God, I'm scared. Go-to wellness routine during quarantine. Oh, my God. Answer <laughs> just <and panicked>. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, panicked. My mind just glitched. <laughs> you know what, like, the, the windows sound when you log off the computer? That was my mind just now. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, my go-to wellness routine. Okay, skincare. Like, I just feel like, yeah. Although, I shouldn't even talk because my acne is disgusting. No, but you know you have that dermatologist you know (laughs) (laughs) my dermatologist mindset we are acne positive over in uh in passages world i had my entire life so welcome to the party (laughs) i'm i'm joining acne positive i love it (laughs) okay um favorite bachelor oh my god colton are you kidding me there it is yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) you followed all the drama with him and cassie Wait, I don't, I just know they broke up. Okay, they did. And then Colton went after the producers, like on Instagram and everything. You have to look it up. Wait, what? Okay, I'm going to look it up after. We have to discuss. But Colton, (laughs) (laughs) moving on. (laughs) Okay, and then last one. Book, resource, or quote that you would leave our listeners with? The Defining Decade by Dr. Meg J. I read that. PhD. PhD. Don't you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> the Defining Decade, How to Make the Most of Your 20s. Yeah. Love that book. Amazing book. Honestly, really reshaped my perspective this past year. I really encourage everyone to read it. Wow. Yeah. I feel like it should literally be required reading if you're like a senior or like 20 years Oh, old. yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. There should be a class on how to adults, which I'm so appalled that there isn't. I'm personally offended. Um, and that should be the reading. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I adore you. Thank you. I love you. On the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> My soul sister. This episode was one of my favorites. I am not going to lie. I'm absolutely energized by all of the inspiration that Ama shared today. Ama, I am, can you just visit me in San Francisco already? <laughs> I'm so excited to have you in my life. I'm so I'm just, I'm deeply inspired by you, your pursuits, your passions, your purpose, everything that you shared on today's episode. Unfortunately, I stopped recording, but right after we hit record, Ama and I kept talking for like 20 more minutes just about the need for platforms for young professionals to share, get empowered by one another, and everything that this podcast industry has yet to grow into. So Ama, I just wanted to thank you again for joining me on mine. I know that your platform and everything that you are and everything you're about is just going to take you so far. And I'm so excited to cheer you on. Empowered women, empower women, let's keep it up. If you love this episode or learned something from Ama, you know what to do. We would love to know your quotes, your takeaways. What was that one thing that you just said? Mm, that's good. Screenshot that you're listening, share it on your Instagram story and tag at Passages Pod with your quote or your takeaway and we will reshare and thank you personally. We gotta hype Ama up. We gotta keep this thing going. You know what to do. And my friends, if you have listened this far, you're a loyal fan. So I'm gonna reward you with a little sneaky peek of what's to come for passages. So we are wrapping up season one. We're gonna take a break in a few weeks. It's gonna be a refresher and we are gonna come back full force ahead. October 1st, we are dropping the passages 
project. There is so much to come. There are so many platforms that we are gonna have available for you to explore, for you to contribute to. I have known since starting this that one conversation with one person one hour a week is not enough to empower all of you and to share all of the good knowledge that you listening have for everybody else that's listening. And so we wanna give you opportunities to do that. Stay tuned, October 1st, mark your calendars. So much is gonna happen, but just so you know, Passages is gonna be changing a little bit. I'm so excited for everything to come. Thank you for being here. Until next time, I will see you on the other side.